What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cold Podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Johnny from the Northwest Hash Fest. Check it out. This Northwest Hash Fest 2019, this looks amazing. Uh, I'm super stoked. Thank you. Go, yeah, well, you're welcome, man. And if it's curated by your taste, it's got to line up with the taste of uh, Ghost Cult readers and everybody else, man. Acid King, kick off of their world tour. Witch Mountain, of course, local to you, but amazing to everyone else. Wizard Rifle, Warish, Poison Ideas, Last Ever Portland Show, uh, you know, Necrot, Lord Dying, Eagle Claw, Big Business, Nebula, Sasquatch. We just saw Nebula and Sasquatch in Brooklyn. Uh, Holy Grove. Yeah. Yes, man, I mean, what a, and I missed a few in there, but like, what a great, what a great bill you put together over a bunch of days, man. I really appreciate you saying that. When I was booking this festival, there was multiple times that I didn't even know if it was going to happen because a lot of bands that I had reached out to just weren't available. And I was like, going, I was literally at the stage where I was like, man, I don't even know if this thing is going to happen this year. And then once Red Fang confirmed, which they're friends of mine, I've known John, drummer of Red Fang, basically ever since he moved to Fort when I met him within the first week he moved there. And we had a mutual friend from North Carolina, so we became fast. And so once that happened, it was like a domino effect. And Acid King confirmed right after that, and then... Poison idea was like a huge land. So um, after it was all said and done, I was actually really impressed with what I was able to put together because all these people in these bands are actually friends of mine. Like I'm friends with the guys from the American Shark. I'm friends with the guys from Black Elk, Red Fang, same way. Necrot just played my show at Fox Southwest, first time I'd met them, so saw their band, hung out with them backstage, and was like, we got to get you guys on Hesh Fest. Hung out with the rapper Fat Tony about three years ago, four years ago, then in South I saw him, me and him became friends. Um, saw Big Business, his earlier incarnation, which was a band called Pike Brothers from way back when probably 15 times in the 90s play. So I have like a, all basically everybody in all these bands, they're friends of mine. Like from before I was ever booking shows. So I feel pretty lucky actually to even be working with a lot of these artists. And um, I think, you know, what I'm trying to do is, you know, the people, a lot of these bands are already really well established. And then I'm trying to, you know, kind of let everybody know about some of these other bands. Like, hey, look, you should really pay attention to this band, Necrot. Like, they're phenomenal, you know. Like, get turned on to this. This is some of the best death metal or any kind of music in general that there is. So I'm uh, I'm really excited about the lineup, for sure. Awesome, man. And I think uh, it's really lucky that there's a lot of these bands that also have a new record either about to come out or just out big business necrot lord dying i love that record oh my gosh uh obviously the acid king great band oh man lord dying is uh i've been repping them so hard this new record of theirs is brilliant and uh i've always felt they were a little underrated anyway but this record is just great man 
and if you see them wide, they're crusty. And what's funny is Lord Dying, my buddy put out their first record, Kelly Gately, in a band called The Fireballs of Freedom. So Kelly put out Lord Dying's very first single, like seven or eight years ago. And I used to go on tour with Kelly's band, The Fireballs of Freedom, back in the 90s. And the Fireballs actually toured with Nebula back in those days. So I've been on a whole tour with Nebula through my buddy Kelly Gately, who played in the Fireballs. And then he was also, Kelly was the person that put the very first Lord Dying record out. So uh, they're one of those bands that have that kind of like zero degrees of separation with me. And uh, luckily, I booked them about five years ago at South by Southwest for that heavy metal parking lot. And they were one of the best five bands that I've ever seen. You know, I think, you know, a lot of uh, the Northwest is one of those areas where it was had been so secluded for so long. There was bands like Dead Moon coming out of there. And they were um, they were underappreciated a little bit. Uh, in a lot of ways, and I think that's what I try to do with my music events is try to uh, showcase kind of underappreciated bands that I just think are really, really good. And luckily, there's all these cool labels that are putting these bands out uh, and helping them with the, you know, go to Europe and, you know, stuff like that. So it seems like the scene's really kind of got built up over the last seven to ten years. Killer, man, killer. I know you. I'm a rambler, dude. <laughs> no, I you're good. Long. Ramble. We ramble together, brother. It's all good. Okay. I'll uh, say it's the magic of the podcast. You can ramble. You have time. Yeah. I want to hear from you. This is okay. about, uh, you know, you and this awesome Northwest Hash Fest, man. Uh, I definitely, I know you said earlier that it didn't really co- like sort of coalesce and come together until more recently, but I did want to ask sort of. How far out you've booked things for years, you book big festivals, showcases at South by. How far out do you have to kind of start hitting up bands for this event that's happening next? I would say about a year uh, before South by, I usually can start about five to six months out because there's so many bands already coming there anyway. You don't have to get started on that one quite as early uh so i'll do six months for south by getting prepared and for a bigger one like hash fest i'll probably start nine months to a year out um and now for 2020 i basically started emailing um bands and agents about three months ago, just kind of touching base with them. So that'll almost be 15, 16 months by the time 2020, uh, 20th version happens. So as it grows, uh, you kind of have to start farther out. Um, and it, I think about a year, year, year and a half is probably as early as you can start because no one really knows the schedule farther than 16 months out. But the bigger bands, uh, for sure, you want to start further out on because there's more logistics involved. There's bigger scheduling behind it. And uh, usually 
six months to 16 months is the answer, just depending on the scale of it. And I'm like, I was a prep cook. And so I just, the longer you have to prepare for something, I think the better off it is. Um, just where you have everything dialed in correctly. So, um, you know, it, it all just depends. But as I, I, I found out that the, the longer you work on something, it ends up being a little bit, little bit better. Of course. But it, this one I did a little bit differently. I usually book all the fans at once and announce it all at the same time. And, um, this year I booked it gradually, so maybe I was going to 21 bands, but I would do, you know, announce three or four bands here, announce three or four bands there as they slowly came in. And it gave me more time to kind of curate it and wait on certain bands. So that's a really good question because I always wondered that too. You know, like how does somebody put something like this together? You know, it's just a lot of planning, honestly. Right on. And we, we cover festivals all over the world, not just the U.S. And uh, I would say very few of them have a place as cool as Dante's. And I'm not familiar totally with the Star Theater, but I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about these venues, because as much as the bands are the draw and the weekend of and the people are the draw. But I think the venues are also, you know, play a part into it. And they're pretty cool. Well, Dante's it's funny because I actually worked there uh, in 1998. I met a guy at a party. He said, hey, I just started this job at this pizza restaurant downtown that has a bar, and we're looking for more pizza cooks. So the next day, I went down to the venue, and he hired me as a pizza cook in the uh, venue. Well, about three days later, that guy got fired. So they made me the kitchen manager of Dante. So I worked there for the first five or six years of that club. What's really cool about that place's owner, Frank, is really established himself in that area as just an honest stand-up dude to do business with. And he always hired artists from bands to actually give them a job when they're not on the road. And he always kind of nurtured the artists in uh, forests. He also owns Star Theater. So I work with them because it's like family to me. Like Frank gave me my one of my first jobs when I lived in the city. That was one of his very first visits. It was his first venture into business. We kind of helped build that business together over the years. Then I left 10 years and I came back. And uh, then now I'm doing Hexfest there. So I actually used to work in that building as a pizza cook. What's really cool about the building is statically it's all brick. It's a beautiful building. What's even more cool is it's right downtown, in the heart of downtown Fort on Second Avenue. So it is 
you feel all the energy of the city right there. It's almost like a, a energy point right there at Dante's. So you get all the people walking around right there. Um, there's a lot of crazy, freaky people down there. Like in a good way, it's just you see all aspects of life down there. And aesthetically, he made it look kind of like a dark, gothic club. It's like real dark with red velvet curtains. It's candle lit. So it almost looks like a dark, kind of cave when you get in there and it's only uses the best sound um i mean you, you you could go on and on the bands that have played there over the years you know uh you know he had the buzzcocks to play there he had the mercy devils play there he had dead moon play there uh tons of time poison ideas played there so him established in Dante's as a cool club, he slowly started to buy other venues around town. So the Star Theater is also his, and it's a hundred year old venue. It's uh, it's more of a high ceiling kind of cathedral feel than Dante's. Uh, it has a big, huge outdoor patio that you can uh, go out to and be indoor outdoor. So the star is getting a lot of the shows now too. So Frank can have both of his venues running right across the street from one another. And Dante's gets the more kind of death metal, uh, punk shows. And then star does kind of psychedelic stoner rock shows. So in, it's just a really beautiful. Frank has good aesthetics. So when you walk in both the places, you can you feel like, wow, this place is nice. You know, it's like really cool. And they're right downtown. So that's what's awesome about those two venues. Awesome, man. Speaking yeah, I, of the third venue, oh, the yeah. Bossa Nova, it's right up the street. Um, it's bigger in capacity so what it gives me is it gives me more flexibility they just put in a new hundred thousand dollar sound system in there it's a building from about the 1890s so um it's just a really big place and it just gives me more capacity for my bigger bands that actually were too smooth too big to play at Dante. And what happens is now from it being one venue, now it's so it spreads it out and makes it more of where other, where the city, it feels like the city is involved, you know, other than it being at one central place every day. Right on, man. Right on. And also there's, I mean, like uh, if, if you're familiar with Portland, there's parking downtown, unlike most major cities. And let's not forget, most importantly, Voodoo Donut. So really, you can't you can't lose with this uh, festival. Yeah. And honestly, you once you get parked, you can walk to all the venue. Uh, it's just like a three minute walk. So if you were to buy a fest pass, you could go back and forth and see all the bands play this on the festival from Star Theater 
to Dante's and back is about a three-minute walk. And I staggered it where the bands play 30 minutes apart and they have 40 minutes set. So you could go and see every band that's on the festival. You will be able to see everyone, every band perform. And that's what kind of bums me out about some events I go to. Like, you go and there's all these good bands playing, but a lot of times the two bands are playing at the exact same time. So you can't, you you have to choose. And it's always, a, it's always a bum to choose. Like I have to choose over bands that are public enemy for you, you know? <laughs> and I wish I would have, I watched the bands that it was amazing. But then afterwards, I really had wished I had went to the public enemy set, you know? So it was like bittersweet. With this festival, you can go back and forth the whole time and see every single band. And I kind of, and it'll just, it'll get people out of the venue walking around, hopefully spending a little money with other uh, small businesses around the city. And as it grows, that's that's what we're going to do is get it more venues across the city, but lined up down Burnside. We're thinking about adding the Crystal Ballroom next year, which is a 1,500 capacity. Jimi Hendrix actually played there in the 60s. The Grateful Dead played there. So we're expanding. It's just Brilliant, man. I love hearing that. That's amazing. Uh, we're really excited to be part of this and uh, really great to talk to you and hear about your history of booking festivals and shows. And we're super pumped for this. I know Red Fang, along with all the other bands, is going to kill it. John? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really fun. And like, you are correct. Uh, a lot of the bands have records out ride at this time so i just feel like the synergy is good uh, one other thing is i moved to portland 21 years ago so that's specifically why i put 21 bands on the lineup it, it was for a symbol symbolic reference so i kind of there's all kinds of little things like that throughout the festival and I really appreciate you guys uh, taking interest in it because, I mean, with all the hard work I've been doing, for someone else to notice, it, it's honestly worth enough to make me keep wanting to keep doing it, you know? Awesome. So awesome. I appreciate you. And if you ever want to reach out uh, any other time, man, um, just feel free to. When I'm in New York, I'll have to come see you. We'll do, man. We'll get together in person and uh, mix it up. Be awesome. Johnny, thank you so much for hanging out with Ghost Cult, man. Northwest Hesh Fest next weekend. Uh, it's going to be a super rager. Super pumped about it. Thank you for hanging out with us. And we'll You're see welcome. Soon. September 19th through the 21st, Portland, Oregon. Come out. We got 21 amazing bands over three days. It should be a great party. Go over to Ghost Cult Magazine. Follow them. Give them. Give them a big like, thumbs up, and I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.